Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for another Tuesday of Oilers Live. Got, uh, I, I thought it was going to be a slow night tonight, but now it turns out uh, some things happened today in Oilers land and oil country that uh, might make it for some interesting discussion. I've got as my guest, uh, none other than Reed Wilkins, uh, the host of Inside Sports on 630 Ched, uh, who I believe was front and center for uh, today's happenings. Uh, with, uh, <laughs> with That's not Oilers. true. I was there. I definitely was not front and center. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. think. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I, um, thanks for joining me and, uh, we got you for the first half hour and then, uh, following you, I've got tough call pod, which Reed, I don't know if you, uh, if you've seen any of his, uh, videos, but tough call pod, uh, podcast, his name's Josh. He, um, he joined us on the heavy hockey network just recently, but he does these neat little videos as if he were the department of player safety. Oh, okay. I, I want to watch those then. They're yeah, probably yeah, very funny. Absolutely. And I not, love those videos. They're yeah, like he, so they're so terrible. They're good. Well, he and he he does it in the same style, which is great, but he's got a, a system that he's set up and that he feels is uh, obviously uh, you know uh, superior to what they're doing today because it does sometimes it doesn't feel like they've got a system at all. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll take, uh, plays that were iffy or suspension worthy and he'll, he'll do the, um, breakdown and let you know what if under his system, would they have been a two game suspension, a three game suspension? I really love it. I'll have to check those out. That sounds yeah. like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, I, I think it's kind of, and this is obviously it's a fan-based podcast. Um, you know, we, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I want to align myself with media tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. But the, uh, you know, there's all of these things uh, today in out today, obviously, with, um, you know, everything that's available to uh, viewers and, and people consuming uh, media and, and that, that, you know, the NHL and every and everyone around that could maybe take, you know, some lessons. There's got to be people out there like Josh, right. Who've got some good ideas, uh, that the NHL can, uh, learn from. I don't know if they do. I'm sure they must at some level, listen to what people have to say. And, and, uh, there's just so many smart people out there. So I, I don't know if there's any examples. There's gotta be some examples of, um, I mean, look at Steve Dangle, right. He was, uh, yeah, yeah he was a uh, fan based podcaster. Uh, so, Hey, uh, People are gonna. You had uh, you had the uh, luxury of having Jim Matheson on your program today. Yep. Uh, which uh, people can go um, anywhere you get podcasts. Six thirty. Chet has a, an aggregate uh, podcast that you can listen to, and and you can find that segment there. It's actually a pretty quick segment. It's about fifteen minutes. You said something which uh, you know rings true. I mean, for media around the league. Uh, it's your job to tell the story, not so much be the story. Um, but today, Jim Matheson was the story or part of the story. Anyway, uh, is this something that um, has been going on for a while? Like that you could, I, Stoffer kind of hinted at it today that he expected some fireworks today. I mean, is this something you expected would come to a head eventually? 
Not really. Um, I certainly knew that there was tension between Leon and Jim. I wouldn't have necessarily predicted it would have finally boiled over or known what moment it would have been. But yes, there's a there's a history between Leon Dreisaitl and Jim Matheson. And, you know, Leon has, uh, you know, I'm sure, well, I, you know, I've heard it in a lot of post-game scrums, especially. And, and, and if, you know, just to explain to people, if they don't know, I am never there post-game. Obviously, when they're on the road, I don't travel. Yeah. And when they're at home, I'm not down in the Hall of Fame room or wherever because I'm on air with Rob doing overtime open line. So I'm never there for those. Um, so I just, I'm here a lot of times I'm hearing them for the first time, like people listening to Ched might be. So there, there have been times where Rob and I have kind of looked at each other like, oh man, like Leon really doesn't like Jim. Now he has done it with other people. He has done it to me in the past with a short answer or a dismissive comment. And I can even tell you a story about that if you want later. So I, I was, I was certainly aware though, that for, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is and to take Jim at face value, he doesn't know what it is that, that Leon is especially perturbed with, with Jim. And I think that has obviously made Jim especially perturbed with Leon. So was I aware that there was tension there? Yes. Could I have specifically predicted or known that something was going to happen exactly today? Well, no, I mean, that's, you know, how do you know when something like that is going to happen? Yeah. But but something's going. Something has been going on there. Um, I like. I don't think it's comfortable. I I I think both guys in certain respects didn't look very good. Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't reach that point, in my opinion. Um, now Jim has over double the experience I have in broadcasting, and f- five or six times when it comes to just the NHL. So, okay, he, he decided to handle it that way. I, I just think this should have been cut off at the pass at some point. You know, either the Oilers media relations staff steps in or, or and, may, and maybe Jim did say something to the media relations staff. Like if, this, if it got that severe with me and a player, I, I think that I would, first of all, try to talk to the player. We don't have that luxury now because we can't go into the dressing rooms. I've had little incidents with players or where you want to go up to a guy maybe and clarify and say, hey, I, I, I think my question might have sounded this way given your reaction, but this is actually what I was saying. So my bad if it was a poor choice of words. You know, and sometimes the guy might say, oh, I, I actually misunderstood or yeah, you know, I was little mad at you in that moment, but now looking back, I understand you were doing your job. We're good. Like I've never had anything last. So that would be concerning to me if a player was repeatedly dismissing me while seeming not to be that harsh towards other media members. You know, so I, I, in that case, I would have at some point, I hope requested or or said to the PR staff, okay, I, I perceive there's a problem. Is this player mad at something I specifically did? Because I'm not aware of it. So maybe point it out and I can go back and listen to it or we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, does the player just need to get me into a room for five minutes and tell me to fuck off to my face? Okay. Maybe that needs to happen. And then we move on yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But you know, you hope things like that in a, in a professional environment at the highest level of hockey w- would not reach this point today. That, like, that would have been my, my hope. Now, who knows? Maybe three years from now, we're going to be talking about me having this sort of a back and forth with a player. Who knows? They're, they're you know, but I, I just, it was, it was tense. Like, I was like, holy crap, this has actually happened. 
Like they're actually, they're actually going back and forth at each other. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, um, I also listened to Stoffer and spec, uh, today they, they got into it and, um, and, and great radio because they didn't agree <laughs> on it. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the two. Of I them, heard but, uh, a fair chunk of it. I didn't hear yeah. the whole thing because I was still at the rink for a while. I thought, you know, I thought that um, Spectre brought up something that's, uh, you know, interesting. And, and he's not always, Spec is not always popular <laughs> in these types of incidents with the fans. You know, they get on him for maybe defending, you know, the media or whatever. But he said some, I thought, some really great, uh, great things today. And, and one is this is not something that the Oilers really need right now, right? Like the, you know, the conversation with the team should be around, you know, what, you know, what they're going to do to get better, right? Instead, there's, a, you know, a bit of a media frenzy and it's not just in Edmonton anymore, right? Like it's across the league. Everybody knows that Dreisaitl got mad at, at Jim Matheson and and I mean, Pissy was trending at one point today on Twitter. Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. I mean, it, you know, this is, um, I, I mean, it, it, it was clearly, I, th- I mean, maybe not so clear because everybody's got their own interpretation. To me, it was clearly brought on by Dreisaitl, but then the question itself didn't need to be asked <laughs> by, by Matheson. So I think they can both take equal blame. Does so this- what, just, just quickly, and I know you had me on to ask me questions, yeah. but what's... What specifically bothered you the most? Because to oh, me, there's two things yeah. that escalated it. Leon saying, you know everything. Yeah. And then obviously Jim shooting back with the pissy comment. Like yeah, to me, it, I mean, those it, two it things doesn't happen if Leon right, doesn't If those say two anything. things don't happen or even one of them happens, then maybe it doesn't escalate or one guy is obviously the villain in this situation. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think it escalates at all if, if Dreisaitl doesn't say, you know everything, right? Right. And, um, but maybe it would have, I mean, maybe Jim yeah. just wanted to slap him no matter what. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that might, might've caught him off guard. I, I, I mean, Jim's been around long enough that, you know, I, and he's, you know, he's been around longer than most of us have been alive, right. Uh, doing this. And he's asked probably, it's probably not the first time he's been, um, you know, in some type of all. Oh, for sure. For sure. Know, like, uh, I think I, like, I'm trying to think, I mean, when you, when this happens, of course I think, okay, what if it got that bad for me? Like, I think if, uh, if a player actually said that to me, like, you know, everything. And, and again, like in that situation, that's not in the dressing room anymore. Right. I mean, everything's live streamed when we're in that room, we can't go up to players and talk one-on-one. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like Jim uh, Jim on my show said he felt the need to stand up for himself. I think for me, I might've been so shocked and probably a little bit pissed off. I just would have like, I'm not a, I don't look for conflict. So maybe Jim would have thought it was weak, but I might've just thought to myself, fuck it. I'm not talking to this guy and just gone and sat down. I just would have thought he's not going to give me the time of day. I'm not going to press him. Whatever. I can ask questions of somebody who's going to give me answers or, or I think I probably wouldn't have said you're pissy or, or I might've just said, or I might've just said, Oh, like just to clarify, Leon, I, I actually don't think I know everything. So I hope you don't mind that I'm asking you about yeah. your job. Yeah. You know? And I think you and Jim are two completely different people. So I'm not sure it's getting to that point. Uh, here's, a, here's an interesting thing because I've heard this uh, going today, uh, you know, whether it's on Twitter or otherwise, is the question itself. Like, do you have a problem with Jim's question at all? Because I, you know, uh, we got somebody on Facebook says, uh, what bothers me is that the, um, 
you know, the question was pointed at Dreisaitl blaming somebody, and that was never going to happen anyway. Um, like, to, if, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of siding on the it's a fine question, right? And and whether or not, you know, it's it's up to Dreisaitl whether he wants to blame somebody or not. Obviously, yeah. that might have been what Jim was looking for. He didn't get the question, but he could have he could have turned it on himself as well and said, you know, I, I can't speak for anybody else. So I, you know, I'm part of the team and I need to be better or whatever. Right. Like these yeah. guys take media training. They know how to answer those. <laughs> well, those I, I'm not sure Leon right? does. Maybe maybe this wouldn't have happened if he did. But I, I think that's a really good question. And I, like I, I have several things to say about that. Um, and look. We're always thinking of angles and and stuff to ask and and how can i make it interesting and how can it possibly be a little different i guess i'm speaking personally especially with my show being on towards the end of the news cycle right is there can i have a little something that that is maybe uh a little different or a little more insight or a little personal tidbit on a player so like we're all thinking of stuff and i i have found um you know sometimes the the i mean you sort of have to gauge the player and sometimes the blunt questions are the best you know like some sometimes it might just be good even if you sound like a bit of a dick to just say you know what the last 3 games have gone really poorly like what is going on like sometimes it might be that simple and that blunt where maybe you don't sound that polite now i i understand People are I, I, like I've, I've seen some of the comments that people think well Leon uh, Jim was trying to get Leon to blame the goalies. I don't know if he was, but like you said, Leon has a has a choice still in how he answers that, right? I, yeah. I mean, there there. So he said it's everything, which he knows is not a sufficient clip or, or a sufficient answer to just say that in two seconds. So how, how's he going to go? Is he, and you you reference it. He could have taken it all on himself, or or maybe he takes it all on him and Connor because Connor probably wouldn't have cared, you know. Or he just said he just said, you know what? Uh, I'm the second leading scorer wherever he is in the NHL, and I have only this many points in the last few games. Our power play is uh, dropped off, and I play every single second on the power play, and our PK has dropped off, and uh, I take faceoffs and kill penalties. Um. So uh, I'm not looking at other guys in the room. I'm I'm looking at myself. And if my game improves, uh, everything like he could have said that, but he didn't feel like it. Now, would have he answered anybody that way, or was it just Jim? I guess we'll never know. I I don't even know how many people have watched the entire scrum, yeah. Because some people might not be even aware. Somebody else asked two questions before Jim Matheson. Do you know who that was? No, I don't. I don't. I haven't watched the whole it was, thing. In it fact, was me. I've heard there's okay. There you it go. It was me. Yeah, it was me. So I, I won't say anything about what I asked. People can go watch and deem for themselves if they think my questions are idiotic or appropriate or yeah. bland. The other thing is, okay, so what's one thing I always hear? Well, you guys ask too many softballs. Why don't you just go up to them and ask them why they're so <laughs> yeah. shitty? Yeah. Why, you know, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you get dry settle in an interview and tell him he's not playing good enough and that he has to explain himself to the fans? Why don't you ask Dave Tippett if he thinks he should be fired, which is absurd, obviously. Yeah. But, you, you know, okay, so, so part of me feels like 
And, uh, and look, if people think I'm, I'm defending Jim or defending the media, my word to you is too fucking bad because nobody else <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. So if I'm a member of the media, I'm going to give you my perspective. I, I don't think it's defending the media. I think it's giving you uh, the perspective of someone working in the media, which is why you've had me on the show. Yeah. So, so that's, that's part of my, uh, challenge back to the people who criticize us today. It's like, okay, well, what do you want? Every day it's too many softballs. And then today it's like, well, no, 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 not like, yeah, tough questions, but not that one, not to that player. So, I mean, so part of me is like, okay, I can't win. I, you know, I am wrong with the audience, no matter what I do. And you know what? I accept that. Like that's, that's fine. Like I'm not, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me, but I'm just saying, you know, it's pretty hard to operate off a standard for the audience when the standard fluctuates based on their emotional reaction to what they've just seen. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're 100 percent right, right? Like you, um, you know, you talk about that because I've heard that too. I, you know, I, uh, I, I'll give uh, Stoffer full credit. He reads everything that comes into the text line, uh, and sometimes I think, uh, you know, I might not have read that myself, but. You know, it, it, and it's true. I see on Twitter. I mean, they, you know, they get pissed off at uh, fans, get pissed off at media for not asking the hard questions. And and today is a good example. I wouldn't say that was a particularly hard question. Uh, it wasn't answered the way maybe that Jim wanted it to be answered, which is fine. I, I mean, I can I can see these things uh, going. What I'm kind of curious about though is, what does this say? Like, is this talk about? And this is maybe the part that you know, Spectre was trying to get at today, which is it's not good for the Oilers, right? Like the fact that Dreisaitl even gets down that path, what's it say about the mental condition or mental state of this team right now, right? I know, yeah, I, I tried to listen to, you know, a little bit about a uh, little view and Rob on there, but did I think he, uh, he said uh, today on Inside Sports, he talked about that a little bit, which was, you know, you're in a slump, right? Like things aren't going well, right? Like this is... Um, I mean, there, nothing's going to be good right now, uh, but is it is it even maybe worse than <laughs> than what yeah, we think? Yeah, I, I don't right? know. Like, like, obviously, it it shows frustration. Now, yeah. again, I think some of it is because of the reporter involved. Though I'm gonna though I'm gonna tell another Leon story here. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I guess part of me is it's good that Leon's pissed off. I mean, you don't want them to be complacent or happy with losing. Fair statement. Um, you know, I, I think he, you know, he feels the, I mean, Leon's one of those guys you can kind of see when he's frustrated, even when he plays. Right. Um, you know, I had a friend text me today who said, uh, Leon's pissed off and I love, and I love it. So she's not too much worried about how Leon feels or dry or Matheson feels. She's just glad that Leon might be angry when he's on the ice for the next game. Right. Cause she yeah. wants to see a win. Here's, here's part of though, what, I, what I would say is, is an issue for me. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something here. I've never told anybody. Uh, I, I was going to tell it on my show tonight and I kind of ran out of time and we got going into other things. So I, I, my perception of, of, of Leon Dreisaitl is that throughout his career, not just today, you know, there are times he can be a little dismissive and a little standoffish with, with questions. Mm -hmm. 
And I try to I, I sympathize with the fact that he was a human being and he's probably asked a lot of bullshit questions that he's answered before. You know, fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. So a few years ago, uh, I, I think it was 1718 because Talbot was still here. Well, it would have had to been because I don't think it was the play the playoff year. I think it was the following year. Yep. So and Talbot obviously hadn't been traded yet. So they they had a couple of overtime games in a row. Three, three on three, obviously. Both were really exciting. I think they won one and lost one. And it was just, you know, those great three on three overtimes, end to end, great saves, long passes, odd man rushes. And so, you know, at one of the, the subsequent practices, I thought, you know, I want to try and get some good three on three overtime. So um, I, uh, I, I go in there and I was like, you know, I mentioned to the PR staff, I'd like my idea. And I said, I'd like to grab Talbot and, and dry settle. Yeah, it sh- should be fine. So I, I, I talked to Talbot, you know, probably three minutes and, you know, really good. He was really into it. Uh, you know, he talked about, you know, I, I don't remember everything, but, you know, keeping the, you know, if you make a save, you keep the puck alive. You try to lob it down the ice. When do you take a face off? And, you know, even the goal that was scored on him, he talked about that, that play. And then I, I and then I talked to Leon and I kind of, you know, I told him the idea and he's like, okay, let's go ahead. And I asked him a couple questions and just, and we're, we're one-on-one, you know, in yeah. the locker room. And very, very short answers, very non-descriptive, like, you know, not making eye contact with me, like looking away, like not, not saying much. And I was like, Jesus, like, I'm just thinking, okay, I, I gotta, I gotta try to engage him somehow. Right. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, I'll just try to make it a little more conversational with my third idea. Uh, so instead of asking like a question, I kind of just sort of said a couple sentences, you know, thinking, okay, maybe that'll just will prompt them to get into the conversation. And he goes, yeah, sure. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. So I was just like, uh, all right, well, thanks Leon. Yeah, thanks. And he, and he, he walks away. So this is the thing I, I would say, yes, things are going poorly. Yes. Jim, you know, may have been going after him again a bit or trying to provoke a response. However, I was in a complete fluff situation with Leon yeah. where he sort of treated me the same way and just did, did not want to engage. So there's a little bit of currency perhaps built up. Currency is not the right word, but there's, you know, there's some water under the bridge here with Leon where the water has been pretty cold, you know? So I, that's, and again, not to, I'm not, I'm trying hard not to too much take of us take a side today but that's yeah. some that's that's a personal experience that i have where i was in a situation that should not have been combative with leon dreisaitl or negative and he just was completely disinterested in talking to me for even two minutes yeah yeah you know and 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 now that you say it i mean i i can think back i've watched a lot of his uh post games and a lot of his presenters that's that's not you you know a unique uh Unique response for but him. But now, when right? he's like good, he's, I should say, when he's good, he's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Like well, when I he mean, when he's engaged, he's he's an excellent quote. He's off. He's off the cuff sometimes, right? Like no, no more so than you know after the game, which I was at, where he goes, the fans are fucking phenomenal, right? Like that's yep. you know that's exactly what you want from a guy. <laughs> Ninety ninety five percent of the time, something raw. Like you'll never get that from from Connor, but then. Yeah, it does seem like when he gets, he does get a little dismissive at times. It's kind of an interesting story because it doesn't, 
surprise me in the least, um, but maybe puts a little bit of context and, and maybe tells me, and you can tell me if, if I'm out to lunch or not, but maybe this is no story at all. Right. Like, you know, maybe well, it probably just, won't be yeah, after a while. Yeah. And then look, another thing is I don't really, it does not bother me at all for an athlete to show personality. Yeah. You know, like when he, it shouldn't, it's the, great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he gave the, uh, you know, when he laughed, he's like, you expect me to score 82 goals. That's not happening. Like that was genuine. Like that was him kind of being like, Oh, come on. Don't even like, yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I get it. It, it just seems when, you know, when he doesn't want to do it, he, he won't fake it. He won't give you anything. It's just, he's, he, he's not doing it. So that's fine. I mean, when you're done, Michael, I, I, I encourage you go ask, go listen to my questions and his responses. Um, yeah. I mean, I certainly don't think I was being combative. Uh, I would, I would just be curious to know what you think. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, in a, in any type of slump, uh, you know, anything you ask is going to be viewed a little bit combative, I think. Right. I mean, nobody's there's there's no fluff questions uh, before you go. I got to ask uh, Perlini. <laughs> I mean, this guy like, yeah, he might be hurt, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah. So, is, is there any news on that? But there, there isn't. I mean, Tip thought he was OK. He yeah, didn't look okay. comfortable going off the ice. And like I, I was watching the, the practice like they were down to my right where and the puck went into the corner and he was kind of by the face off dot. And then I kind of catch out on the corner of my eye, like he's hobbling off the ice. And I was like, wait a minute. He wasn't just in the corner. He didn't just get hit. And I kind of, I can't remember who I was sitting by. I was like, did something? And they're like, no, I, I was sitting by Mooner. And I was like, okay, so he didn't get hit. Like, did the puck hit him on the way to the corner? Did he take an, like, I don't know if he hit a rut or, or something, yeah. but he, he struggled to get to the bench and then kind of got helped down the tunnel. So I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, or or thir- or tomorrow. I guess yeah, they'll probably be uh, practicing tomorrow. That's um, that'll be interesting because the last thing this team needs is uh, <laughs> more injuries or COVID protocol. Yeah, no or yeah. Uh, before you go, uh, Oil Kings. Yeah, they're is awesome. It, is this for real? Like, is this going to be a good good run at the <laughs> Memorial Cup or? You know, I mean, well, this I, is I like hope the, so. I mean, geez, the last two the years they could have done it. Are, right? Yeah, yeah, they're a good yeah. team. I, I don't get to see them a lot in in person, but uh, I mean, another uh, huge trade yesterday with Vancouver. I mean, what do they got? Like huge. five? Well, I guess six World Juniors if you count Demick, right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're obviously going for it. Uh, they won't have a lot of draft picks the next <laughs> two or three years, but they'll just get them back from the teams who are at their peak, I assume. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, tra- to trade players, but oh, they're uh, I mean, the last time I haven't been able to go to a game since the teddy bear toss game, yeah. And neighbors scored a great goal in that game, and uh, yeah, they're fun, they're they're a lot of fun. I mean, the Winnipeg's up there too, so it might be tough to get out of the conference, but they're yeah, they're for real for sure, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, um, you know, I'm a big Oil Kings fan, I, I, uh, a season ticket holder out here in uh, in Halifax for the Mooseheads. And, uh, so I've been watching a lot of, um, watching a lot of junior hockey out here, but the, the Mooseheads right now, uh, with the restrictions in Nova Scotia are, um, are kind of out, uh, they haven't played for a while. So it's been kind of a, um, it's been kind of an off year, obviously for that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you giving me some time. It's some good insight into, uh, how things, uh, how things happen today. I did get one, uh, comment about your, uh, 
about your question. Uh, your uh, your question to Leon were great. Uh, answers were reasonable. <laughs> All right. So, well, so maybe I'm one, I'm one for one. Hopefully, yeah, nobody else writes one. in. Leave it at 100. percent That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I I do appreciate your time. Uh, continue doing what you do, and uh, love to have you on here. Always, uh, always good conversation, uh, and uh, love to have you back soon. Thanks. Okay. For yeah. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. Bye bye. And that was uh, Reed Wilkins from. 630 Chet, the uh does inside sports obviously uh great good to um good to get a uh a different opinion on um you know on what's uh what's happening with uh with the oilers and the media and some of the stuff you know that i think really when you when you look at it is um completely separate from the game itself i mean the oilers have had one game in in 15 days so you know, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, I'm going to have on uh, here momentarily. I think he's uh, logged in and ready, but I'm going to have Josh from uh, Tough Call Podcast. He's part of the Heavy Hockey Network. And you, I mentioned him to uh, read as somebody he should follow, somebody you should follow as well. You can find him at Tough Call Pod on Twitter. Uh, hey, Josh, you there? May or may not be there. There you are. There you are. I am Good. here. Good. Awesome. Good. To- <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had my mic still or my video not on yet. Oh no, it's all right. I actually I just had you on mute, so nobody's uh, heard you. But um, uh, hey, thanks for um, thanks for joining. Uh, interesting day in Oilers land. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like we we've had one game in like fifteen days, <laughs> right? Uh, but it seems like every day there's, um, you know, w- whether it's something that has happened or hasn't happened, uh, there's, you know, a lot of Oilers talk going on. Um, you know, I, I, I originally I had uh, a whole different topic for Reed uh, before he came on. We, you know, we discussed a couple of topics. None of them had anything to do with Dreisaitl and Jim Matheson. And, and well, uh I'm happy that we got to talk about that and you talk about the news of the day sort of thing, but, um, you know, there's, um, there's other stuff going on obviously. And, and not the least of which is, uh, (laughs) not the least of which is, um, you know, the Oilers slump and, and, uh, the fact that they haven't done anything about it off ice so far. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's big news. By the way, um, I had you on mute there for a little bit, and uh, Dash says he can read lips. And when you were on mute, he said he could read that you said you're Dash in the park's biggest fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> there, there you go. My there secret. You go. Yeah. Uh, here, I want to I want to give you a question because this is interesting. I put out there like I have made a, like a thousand empty promises in my head that I wouldn't be an Oilers fan, you know, if they did this or if they did that and agree with my takes or not. Right. Like there are things every fan has that they think the team should do. Right. Like I always, you know, if like, I don't think they should sign Evander Kane and I'm, I'm in a, you know, it's about a 50, 50 split. Everybody's welcome to their opinion. Obviously, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, I think like there are people out there that said if they signed Evander Kane, 
they're going to stop watching the Oilers, right? And that's, sure. you know, like there are people that do that. Do you think in your mind, and th- this was a question I wanted to ask Reed, but I'm kind of curious. I want to get your take on it. Do you think that, you know, Kate's or anybody really gives a shit, like, you know, if that's what fans are saying, or, or do you think it's just business as usual over at Oilers Entertainment Group? I it's purely opinion, right? I mean, what's yeah. your thought? I yeah, I don't think they would care. I think they're going to do what they want and spin it in a way that tries to make it as positive as possible, no matter what. Whether it was something that happened by accident or something they had planned, something falls into their lap, they're going to spin it however they need to to make it seem like it's a positive thing and a thing that they're in control of, which is fine. I don't mean to sound conspiratorial. That's just yeah the way they're going to promote it or whatever. Um, I don't think they're going to give in to a fan base, nor do I think they should is the other aspect of it. Because like you said, the fans are split. Um, There's a lot of odd opinions out there. There's a lot of people that would do things in, in a panic situation that necessarily shouldn't happen. And, you know, Ken Holland, maybe an overpatient man, as we've talked about, but but I think he is right. I'd rather, I think, he should he should wait too long, then pull the trigger or do something really crazy too quickly and then regret it. I do like that mentality. Um, and I think they're gonna do that no matter what fans say or what they demand, which I think honestly is the right thing, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, um I can't I think it was Burke that said it. He said, um, or maybe it might have even been Shirelli and and uh, God help me if I'm quoting Shirelli, but uh, they said, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, if, um, you know, the GM that listens to the fans is going to be a fan himself <laughs> soon enough. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, I, I mean, can tell you as a yeah. coach making roster decisions, if I'm trying to decide who is a healthy scratch and who isn't and all that, or if I should switch the lines up or if somebody wants, should play forward or defense. Yeah. I'll take opinions and I'll ask around, but ultimately if there's something that I really don't want to do, but I do it anyway, just because I know it will appease someone else or, you know, this is what they said. So I'll try it. If it doesn't work, those are the nights I can't sleep. If yeah. I make a choice and it doesn't work, I, I, you know, I can sleep like a baby knowing it was my decision. If I'm going to go down by that sword, it's going to be my own sword. But if I give in to pressure and I, I really, I'm not sure, or I'm really not confident in something and I do it just because someone told me to, those are the ones that I just cannot let go and forget about. They eat at. And of course, that's just coaching uh, some junior team in Nova Scotia or whatever. So I can imagine being in charge of an NHL club, uh, the pressure that's there. You want to make sure that you're, if you're going down, you're going down by your own decisions. Yeah, you know, 100%. The... The other thing is, is, is you're paying these guys, the GM, the coach, big money, right? Yeah. You're paying them to make a decision. So be steadfast on that. Right. Right. Like we're not, you know, you're not paying them to pull the fans and say what the fans think is right or wrong. You know, you're, you're, you're paying them because you, you know, you value their ability to make the right decisions for your club. Now. Yeah. Obviously, I disagree with some of the decisions that have been made, um, but I've got no, you know, I've got nothing I can uh, say for sure. Uh, 
What's it's your funny you talked about uh, um, not being a fan anymore because I was having this debate a few years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. When when is it okay to to reject your team? When is it okay to switch teams? When are you not a flaky fan? And I'm thinking, I'm looking at some of the things that the Oilers have done. And the philosophy I always loved was no matter what, they were always exciting. Even when they weren't winning that much, their style of play, their approach to the game was kind of run and gun. Let's make things happen. Let's be creative. Let's be entertaining. And for whatever reason, they just fell into a pitfall where it wasn't worth staying up to watch them anymore as a fan of the east coast especially oh, man, yeah. it's a time commitment and uh it, it just wasn't worth it i was like no i'm not even gonna bother because i just i wasn't enjoying the product anymore and then when you're not getting the results as well it's like at what point when the when, it's like culture and things you believe in the identity of the team you believe in the culture you believe in their philosophy so you stand behind them whether yeah. they win or lose but as soon as all of a sudden i didn't recognize the team anymore there was nothing really there holding me there other than the fact that I want them to become the Oilers again. And, you know, some people might feel like that's not a good enough reason to stick around. And some people would call them fair weather fans or whatever. But at the yeah. end of the day, you're committing your time and your money to a product. And that, you know, that's, that's the thing. I was actually going to, um, to talk about that, uh, you know, earlier. And, and one thing is, is, there's so many places to spend your entertainment dollar right now. Yeah. Right? Like there's so many things out there. We got to stop talking about this true fan sort of nonsense, <laughs> right? Like you're not a true fan if you, you know, I mean, let's be real, right? Like is it worth it to be so upset, <laughs> right? Like when your team loses or they're in a tailspin like they are right now. And then still you're not a true fan if you're not out buying jerseys or you're not no, I mean, you know what? I might switch it the other way and say you're not a true fan if you're buying jerseys at that point in time because you're not encouraging <laughs> them to be better, right? That's like, sad. you know, I mean, the only way that, like, to me, and that's why I asked the question, is, you know, if, if the administration, the organization doesn't listen to how the fans are viewing the product, right? Whether they're leaving or staying. If they're not, if they're not doing that, there's no accountability there for them to be any better, right? Right. Like, in fact, why would you? Why not just be Arizona, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like, why not? You know, if, if I mean, Toronto could field a, a really shitty team, and they did <laughs> for a while, right? They could field a really shitty team, and they'd still have fans, and the team would still make money. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a bit of accountability there. And I, and I think to, at some extent there is, right. I think they're, you know, they're, if they're doing their job as any good business is they're, they're watching and seeing what, you know, what's going on out there and, and, uh, and doing different things accordingly. There's, you know, there's work being done on the off ice product all the time and, and very, very different things. Anyway, this, I, I just, I was thinking about that today. I, I thought, well, something me and my brother talk about often is, you know what? We, we're encouraging new fans or, or younger fans that aren't really sure who their team is. Don't commit to one. Your team's not winning the Stanley Cup. There's too many good teams. <laughs> yeah. There's too many good players that deserve the Cup that they're not all going to win. So you can yeah. hope for a team and be behind them, but eventually your team's going to get knocked out. And what are you going to do? Not watch anymore? You got to follow somebody. 
So get to know a few other teams, pick your second, your team B's, you know, and, and have it. And if, if your team falls apart, like the Oilers have been the last little while, uh, it gives you something to look forward to and something else to watch. Well, and, and somebody knows? brought up the Bengals, right? Like, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, you, there are Bengals fans out there, right? <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, they, yeah, yeah, I think there are. Um, I mean, there were uh, Rough Riders fans, if you're a fan of the CFL, that were, you know, Riders I mean, fans cool. forever, right? And, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, um I, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's just a matter of you could go your whole life without winning a cup, right? Like your team, right? I mean, uh, you could be Vancouver, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be, that would be difficult. And I, and I would suggest if you're a, a Canucks fan and, and well, I'd love to make fun of Canucks fans, um, but you know, you can't, there's nothing on that team where you're expecting them to win a Stanley cup. and the next two to 10 years. Of course, now some, somebody's going to comment. I'm, I'm a homer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, yeah. um, a homer, I'm a homer and I am, <laughs> but you know, the Canucks aren't likely to win, you know, a Stanley cup in the next, you know, three to five years, maybe, maybe, but you know, if you, there's still a lot of Canucks fans out there. Well, listen, I disagree with you on that, but you won't let anybody. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just an asshole. What can I say? <laughs> there it is. It's all out in the open now. Uh, hey, Josh, uh, tell me you've had a number of uh, videos on yeah. recently. Lots seemingly going around the league. Um, you know what um i'm just curious since you've started tough call pod and for those that the those that aren't familiar with what josh is doing and and will continue to do while he's part of the heavy hockey network is he he does he acts as if he was the department of player safety and based on a system of punishment that you've created yourself right like suspensions yes. etc you uh, break down video of of different plays in the league, and you assign a suspension, and you always refer back to your own system when you when you do that. If this was you know the tough call pod, you know suspension <laughs> rules, then you know this would be a two gamer. Yeah. In in your time that you've been doing this, do you think that the I, like, because I was kind of thinking about this the other day. Do you think that the players are getting any better, or is it like, does, does the league ever change in this regard? I mean, as as much as you know, the um, what's the uh, the the group that gets together to talk about safety for the players? Like, do you think the players are learning anything? Are they getting any better? I mean, we stopped, we put those stop signs on the back of our jerseys for a while. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if they still do that in minor hockey. I think they do. They do. Did that, absolutely. Did that change anything? It's, it's just when you're in the middle of the play, you don't go at someone and see a stop sign and stop mid play because you're like, oh, yeah, stop, stop. But because it's there and so in your face all the other times, it just changes the way you think about the game. Um, there was even at one point, there's some system you can get where you can actually color the four feet perimeter of the rink with the four foot mark 
between uh, four foot away from the boards and the boards. So if you're in that danger zone, you act a little smarter. And if you look down and the feet, your feet are colored. Now yeah. I've never played in a rink like that, but I've seen it. There's little things like that that are that are things people are trying to do to make minor hockey players think differently about it. And do I think the NHL has changed anything? I think they have. I think they have the capacity to change more and they need to change more. They just don't want to. Here's the players are very, very smart. They changed yeah. the two line pass rule. Do you think anybody was really offside after the first week anymore? No, they learned how to take advantage of it. They adapted to a stretch pass. They're very smart about it. There's, they took away the two line pass. Uh, they changed the offside rule. They changed hybrid icing. They changed the standard on obstruction. They've now changed the standard on cross-checking finally after years, even though it's <laughs> yeah. not being called very yeah. strictly. <laughs> not, but, not at all. But here's yeah. the problem with, with that. It was like offside rule is as much as I hate the reviews and they should never. Re well, that's a whole other topic. But anyway, it's kind of a clear rule. Um, icing is a clear rule. They call it fairly consistently. Players know what to expect. Obstruction, they call that consistently. Players know what to expect. They've made changes. They don't reach anymore. They use body position. But yeah, nobody's getting hurt on an icing call anymore. Well, right? I mean, it's, it's not happening because, very often. Because they're now, yeah, it's, it's very, players adapt. Now they're trying to win that race to, to get position and win the puck. They're not only... I mean, back when I played, honest to God, you people would dump the puck in and you wouldn't want to be first. You'd <laughs> yeah, let the yeah. other guy get there so that you could be the guy to pace them. It was embarrassing. And I wanted the puck. So I'd go get the puck and take my chances. But yeah. there's some guys that would never, ever be first. And it was ridiculous. Um, now they don't have that anymore. But players, when it's not a nice thing, still go in with that mentality. It's kill or be killed. So when you yeah. look at the two rules where I'm going with this, is you look at the two rules that are the least clear, the most poorly written are goaltender interference and illegal check to the head. They are brutally written and the players don't understand what they're doing wrong when they get caught. It's yeah. not that they want to hit people in the head. It's that they're not sure how to not hit people in the head. Because when you look at other rules like charging, you are allowed to leave your feet when you throw a check, as long as it's sideways, you are allowed to run someone from behind into the boards as long as you don't board them the second the hit becomes too violent they call boarding yeah because it's based on force of hit so you're not telling them to hit differently or not hit at all or look for something else you're just saying hit as much as you want until it's too much then we're going to call it so so what's <laughs> up yeah yeah from hitting <laughs> yeah and same thing with the legal check to the head you can hit i want you to hit there now but you've you had to have you've you must have had this conversation a million times. The people that are going to tell you, "Hey, Josh, look, like this is the you know what whatever they want to say. We're not going to play uh, Adam hockey, right? Like this is a hitting league, right? Like you know, of people are, it's yeah a league. You're right. I hear that all the time. It's it's checking. What do you want? If if you call that, there will be no hitting it up. It's always the extreme. If I call one penalty. Shut the whole thing down. You might as well. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Hey, we we'd love just one penalty, by the way, in Oilers land. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mandate when George Barrows was hired as the Department of Player Safety, and I'm not here to criticize the Department of Player Safety. I'm here to promote a different way of looking at hockey. I'm not here to, to say this is what they should be doing. I'm saying this is what I do. So I want to make that clear. I don't have any problem with the way they're calling things. 
because that's what the league wants. So the, when he was hired, he said the mandate of the Department of Player Safety is to keep physicality in the game. That's our mandate, not to keep the players safe, not to reduce instances of concussions, not to change the way players think, to keep physicality in the game. And when they were going to introduce the checking to the head rule, the GMs were not even just split. It was, it was majority say, no, we don't want a blanket rule for checking from the head because we're afraid players will be too afraid to hit at all. That's yeah. their number one priority is to not, is to have hitting. They need physicality. They need violence. Berkey said it himself once that he, they want the temperature of the game to stay hot so that players will get angry enough to smash each other and fight. And you can't call the rule book and have that happen. That's the problem. They need their on-ice product to be different than every other product. So they want the violence and physicality. So do I think players have changed a little bit? They're trying to do different things now with their sticks and the cross-checking. And players are just getting better consistently all around as well. Yeah. So there's less of an inclination to do those things. But the NHL is certainly not doing as much as they need to or want to to make them change. Because as I, as I said, the other rules, when players are told clearly and concisely what to do, they can switch in a heartbeat and, and it moves on. And these are not moving on. So I've never asked you, I mean, what's your motivation behind this? Like what's, you know, if, if, you know, the NHL were to give you a call tomorrow and say, Hey, Josh, we really like what you've been doing. Like, what, <laughs> what, you know, what are you, you know, hoping to accomplish, right? Like, what would you hope to accomplish? Would it be, would it, the sole motivation be safety? Well, I think that it would make a better product. That's yeah. what I think. The, I'm not even uh, like my main concern is the safety of the players. We see too much about their lives outside the game and after the game, what's going on with yeah. their lives and their mental 100%. health. Yeah. So that has to stop. But where people get me wrong is they think that I want to take hitting out or I want to call all head contact. No, I just want to call avoidable head contact. And most of my suspensions, I looked at, I think my year end review last year, I had like four times as many fines and suspensions as the actual NHL. But over 60% of them were for cross checks to the face, spearing, and checking from behind. Yeah. Those are not wishy washy, tick tacky things that, oh, you could look at a hit and go, oh, well, that was, he didn't mean to get him in the head. These are cross checks to the face after the whistle that have nothing to do with hockey or the play yeah. of hockey. These, there, there's so many little things that they let go in the name of, letting the players police themselves or keeping the physicality in the game Game management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have the wrong kind of physicality. And I think we'd see more hits like uh, Romanoff in Montreal, the hits that he makes. I think we'd see way more of, of those types of legal, solid, hard body checks. The one uh, Marchant threw the other night was beautiful. There was another one very similar as player coming around behind the net in a different game. That was almost an identical check. Those are fantastic things to see. But then we have the problem of people going and looking for it. Like um, there was one I suspended recently. Everybody was talking about it where he actually jumped over the puck to throw the hit. And that's just so those things to me are like as a coach, I'm looking at that going, what are you taking yourself out of the play for to make that hit? Yeah. When you've already got the puck, those are the little things that I think of players were more puck focused. We'd see more, more skilled plays. We'd see more entertainment. Yeah. See more scoring chances. Yeah. yeah. Hard to disagree with that. 
I, I, I think, well, I'm sure people disagree with it anyway, but uh, so the question everybody's dying because they know how you look at this game. They're every, we're all wanting to know here as Oilers fans is Connor uh, McDavid really a dirty player? Uh, no, <laughs> no, he's not. They are not. I mean, dirty. He's been, he's been suspended like a fair bit. <laughs> and you, well, you want to talk about what you say about players changing. Yeah, yeah they've changed, but they've changed for the worse. You got guys like Barzell and McDavid. If you're calling them dirty, it's because they have to, because they know yeah. that players can do what they want. Here, so here. you have to take a stand sometime. It's yeah. not being dirty. It's doing what you need to do to survive within the culture that the NHL has created on purpose to put these guys in a position where they have to do that. Yeah. That might be the most so true statement, right? Like a guy like Connor, there's no doubt he knows every <laughs> dash comments. Uh, Michael running McDavid out of town again. <laughs> you media <laughs> people, honestly. <laughs> My boy, Dash. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, your favorite. Uh, oh, man. I'll tell you. I oh, where were... <laughs> Well, you know what was the now funniest totally, thing I heard? Now I'm totally off. I forget where I was going. Oh. At the start of the, the year, uh, the funniest thing ever, uh, when they got Wayne Simmons, and it was... It was the game against Montreal, I think, and it was one of Simmons' first games, and he got in a fight, and they ended up coming back and winning that game, and everyone was praising Simmons for this and that. And at one point in the game, Matthews went and cross-checked. I can't remember who the Canadian was that he fought, but Matthews cross-checked the player in the third period. And, and it was after the fight and after all the things that were supposed to have happened, Matthews went out of his way to, to skate after him and cross check him. And somebody said, Oh, look, Matthews would never have done that without Simmons on the team. And I'm thinking, I thought Simmons was there to protect Matthews, not to make it so Matthews could go aggravate and then hide while Simmons fought his battles for him. So it just struck me as so funny that the, the role that they thought, Oh, look, Matthews <laughs> is very tough now. Why, why is he doing that? Why isn't he just scoring goals? Like, I don't get it, but it's because he has to do it. I don't know. How yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you you give us some interesting things to talk about. Obviously, I'm a fan. That's why we're happy to have you on the Heavy Hockey Network. Uh, you continue to do to do great things. We're gonna do uh, some new things with you, hopefully, over the next little while, and kind of uh, maybe up uh, what you're doing over at Tough Call Pod and and aggregate some of what you do and have it over at the Heavy Hockey site and um, and get those things online. I've I've always as I as I've kind of said over and over again i've always loved uh seeing your take on something um the interesting parts to me you know like when you're looking at it you're you're dialing down to direction of skates and you know you go right from the start of the play and and uh it's really worth um worth uh for anybody who's new to tough call pod just follow him on twitter for one at tough call pod and uh, you'll be able to find uh, all the YouTubes and everything. And, and shortly, we're going to, um, as soon as I get my act together, we're going to get um, all these uh, also on the Heavy Hockey YouTube site so people can find it quite easily. Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, tonight, not a great night for Edmonton, um, <laughs> just on the uh, standing side, right? Yeah. Uh, Nashville did us no favors losing to the Canucks. Uh, the Jets got a point in OT. Loser point. And uh, the Flames, who uh, were on a downward slide, managed to uh, knock off um, 
off the Panthers and their second string goalie, I might add. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's got to get some benefit out of that, but uh, they actually trounced them five to one. So yeah, not much good. Um, And right now the lightning and the Kings are tied going into the second. So not much good happening for the Oilers. Nothing's happened. We haven't even talked about this, but nothing's happened since what most people agree is probably the worst loss for Edmonton in this whole stretch. This Ottawa. And and it's not and it's not just that it's Ottawa, a 30 play, 30th place team, but it's how they lost. Right? It's all the other little things around the, the team, first goal in, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like all of these different things. What's your feeling on playoffs? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's very possible. There's no reason they shouldn't do it. I I still, sorry, I believe in this roster still. Sorry about that. Sorry to be a positive fan. No, you know what? I believe but. in the roster. I think the roster is right. I, I'm, I, I haven't hid the fact that um, I think they need different coaching. Um, roster, but when you look at when you look at how the roster is being used, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to see players that are having a good game not get the opportunities, not be tried in new places, not start to feel good about themselves. That's my concern. The playoffs are very obtainable if they just decide, which is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. You can't just decide you're going to win. Um, what I think they need to decide is that they need to be happy about being in that locker room. Uh, and and just sort of go the the old cliche, ridiculous mantra of one game at a time. And you don't have to win every one of those games. You, you just have to get better every game and, and start to put a pattern together. You can't try something and have it fail and then flip a switch the next day and try something new. You have to pick something and believe in it and go for it. And I, I mean, you can make tweaks and try new lines and things. Don't get me wrong, but, but you have to kind of have a pattern and get these guys. I, I, I think someone said it, I think might be even Leon dry said it. You want to be able to get into a rhythm. You want to get into a flow. And he's excited to start playing some games again, because they'll be able to get into a routine. And there's a lot yeah. to be, there's a, a lot, lot to be said for that. Yep. You know, that's, that's another one of those struggles that you, you don't know how much that's weighing on them. And maybe something will be different once they play a few games in a row and get a road trip and get some, you know, have some fun or have something happen that makes them come together. Um, so the playoffs, I'm still hopeful. I'm still excited about the prospect of playoffs. But I, what I'm not excited about, I'm almost dreading that they're going to go the same way for the same reasons as the last couple of playoffs. And I tell you, when I was watching the Winnipeg series last year, I, um, I was like, I don't even want them to win. I don't want them to win anymore because I don't want to watch this kind of hockey anymore yeah. or what's happening right now. And it's not going to be sustainable for four playoff series. So they may as well just get like, I don't even want to turn my TV on. That's what I'm dreading because once they get on a streak and start winning, everyone's going to be all oh, this is great and it's fluffy and, it doesn't really matter why they're winning anymore as long as they're winning. Um, so, and I hope whatever, whatever happens, I hope they start winning for the right reasons and they stick with it come playoff time. Yeah. 
Yeah, they. Uh, I, I'm. Look, I'm 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 in the same boat. I like this roster. I think they're capable. Obviously, they're capable, right? The way they came out of the gates, right? Yeah. Like they're capable. The injuries have been a bit of a problem. Uh, maybe they exposed a little bit of depth. Hopefully, Perlini is all right after uh, the practice incident today. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you what, you know, as as many an analyst has pointed out uh, in years prior. Uh, it's hard to overtake teams in order to get those playoff spots. And uh, right now we're sitting uh, four back of a wild, like four positions back of a wild card spot with Vancouver's win. Now, Vancouver obviously has some games in hand, mm-hmm. but the, you know, the, the other key to that though is Vancouver's trending upward. We're not. And also the, uh, the crazy thing is, is the, the schedule is going to be, that much harder for teams like Edmonton that are sitting with, you know, four or five games back. Uh, there's going to be some back to backs there. Uh, I guess if that rhythm is, is to be believed, <laughs> they're going to have a chance to, to really get a rhythm together. Uh, so I, I'm just not hopeful. I thought they had a chance the other day um, to make, um, make some, uh, some changes. You've got uh, you've broken down the schedule. We're going to go through that um, into uh, games that they you know are must wins and and the record they need in order to you think make the playoffs. We'll um, we'll work on that together and and see if we can't get that published on uh, heavyhockey.com. Um, and for those watching, uh, please go to uh, youtube.com/heavyhockey. Uh, hit the subscribe button and. Uh, Leave a comment, good or bad. Most of them have been bad. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Had a few enjoyable ones. Uh, and uh, Or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Oilers podcast or Twitch, twitch.com slash heavy hockey. Lots of places you can find us. Um, as I do always uh, on when I do the show, I... Let my guest have the last word of the night, as you know, and, and you get to say good night. Um, I've got I've got no more to say. In fact, I would I would say I've learned something from the feedback tonight, and I let my guests do most of the talking tonight. So a little <laughs> little pat on the back for Michael. Like I'm I I can learn. You can teach an old dog new tricks. So there you have it. Uh, thanks again, Josh, and, and thanks to Reed for uh, joining earlier and giving us some insight in, uh, in the media and, and all those little things that uh, happen around the team. Now off to you for the last word. And uh, as always, don't forget to say goodnight. Once you say that, uh, I'll hit the, hit the end screen and we're out of here. All right. Uh- I will say this. When I see people throw jerseys on the ice in different places and boo when their team's power play isn't going so well and things like that, it's, uh, you know, it's fair enough to do that. But after a certain point, we've done that to the Oilers. We've, we've harped on them. We've offered a million suggestions about what's wrong. Uh, when the team is this down, that's when they need a cheer the most. So if, if they get on the ice and they start playing poorly, maybe we should give them all a standing ovation. Maybe just really lay heavy with the honey. Be kind to them on social media. Let them know that we support them. And, and maybe, just maybe, that might get them going.
and maybe a little positivity right now is what this team needs. Good night. Oilers Live.